Hello, this is Tim, the lead pastor of Mosaic Portland, and welcome to the Mosaic Portland podcast. We exist to follow Jesus in authentic community for the world. And right now we're gathering Sundays online uh, to worship together and to open up scripture together. And then after that, we have virtual house gatherings that meet all over our city. And the great thing about these is that you can actually join in wherever you're listening from. We think these right now are the best way to be known, to connect with others, uh, and to be on mission together. They're also where we pray together on Sundays in smaller communities, where we take communion together and debrief what the talk was about and engage scripture more. If you want to find out more information of how to be a part of one in this season, you can find out more info on our website, mosaicportland.org. Now let's go to scripture together as we listen to this podcast. Hey, Mosaic. Welcome to our third week of Advent. Um, my name's Adam, and I'm delighted to be here with you this morning, Sunday morning. Um, I'm delighted to be with you later if you're watching us at a different point throughout the week. It's great to be here singing these songs. I, I think it's pretty well established and known. I'm crazy about this time of year. I, I love it. I love embracing it, all the tradition, the fun. Um, in fact, our decorations have been up so long now at this point, they, uh, they need to be dusted, which is a little bit crazy. Uh, but no, we, we do love it. I love um, everything about it, the time with family and all of our customs and traditions. But, but the thing that I love most about this season is what it points to. The arrival, the advent of Jesus arriving here to us, his people. The moment that he took on flesh and came to his people. Uh, this, this year, we're looking at the, the Advent account in the book of John, um, the first four books of the New Testament. Our Gospels, um, there's, there's stories about the life of Jesus, and uh, they, they kind of tell this story, the Advent story, through different lens. Uh, Matthew gives us the lineage of Jesus and the history leading up to that point. Uh, Luke is kind of the classic narrative, um, but, but John's perspective is one that, that is kind of out in the cosmos, the universe. He tells the story of Jesus, the arrival of Jesus, the advent, as light coming into darkness. The arrival of Jesus, uh, the one who brings salvation, who brings power and authority, is light in darkness. This is why I love this season. It's because we get to celebrate the arrival of Jesus. Uh, Martin Luther, in the 16th century, uh, he says it like this. Truly, it is a marvel in our eyes that God should place a little child in the lap of a virgin and that our blessedness should lie in him. All of these things, the light of the world arriving as a baby in a manger, bringing his light to the world. So on this, this third week of Advent, I want us, for you and I, to consider that he has come into our lives and that he has brought light. This light that guides us, it shapes us, it leads our lives, it gives us identity, it tells us who we are. The light of the world has come. 
We're going to look at a passage in, um, in John chapter 8. We'll be staying in the book of John and, and going down a, a few other chapters. And in the book of John, uh, we get to hear from Jesus seven statements that he makes about himself to give us clarity of, of who this one is that arrived, the advent of, the, of light and darkness, who this man is. And, and one of those statements that we're going to read is in uh, John chapter 8, verse 12. And Jesus speaking says this, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so the the author of this book, John, he, he tells the Advent narrative of Jesus arriving as light into the world. We see here that he didn't make that up. He heard that from Jesus. Jesus says of himself, I am the light in the world. Whoever walks with me, follows me, pursues me, will not walk in darkness, will not walk in the chaos of this world, but will walk in my light. So Jesus uses these these two really basic elements as an analogy of what his arrival and and his influence in our life are, that of, of being light and darkness. Light being something that comes from some powerful source and darkness being the absence of light. Like, like true darkness is the absolute absence of light. And, in, and it's actually kind of a rare thing to find. Um, my, my wife and I, um, we go on these evening walks and um, because it's the Pacific Northwest and it's December um, and the sun goes down after I eat my lunch, oftentimes when we go on these evening walks, it's pretty dark. And, and we begin our walk, and there's a trail that we go on that, that goes up a hill that looks over the city. And as we're going up this trail, it seems like it's pitch black. But it, as our eyes begin to adjust and we get to the top of this, this hill, suddenly we, we see that there's actually light everywhere. There's a, a moon glowing in the sky and, and stars everywhere. And we can see the, the warm glow of Portland across the river. And it's just this beautiful scene. And it, and, it, and it's true that just a little bit of light can show up in darkness. And that true darkness that's void of all light is, is a little bit rare. And in fact, I can only think of one time that I can remember experiencing it. And it was as a child um, getting an opportunity to tour a, a cave. Uh, we had a tour guide, and I was with my family as a kid, and the tour guide brought us into this deep cavern, and as we were going and winding, it was getting darker and darker, and of course, we had flashlights and artificial lights, and we get to the, the bottom in this big cavernous room, and, and the tour guide has everyone turns off their lights, and it was just utter darkness. Like, it, it was pretty amazing to experience. It was almost like this suffocating, enveloping darkness. And, and, and the effect of it is you can't see or perceive anything around you. There might be cave walls next to you. They might be far off. Um, there might be people. You, you can't perceive anything in total darkness. And so when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and that if you follow me, you will not walk in that darkness. He is saying that just as we have eyes to see the world around us because of light, our hearts are made for him. Our hearts are made for his light to pursue him, that we're in his light. It begins to shape us, to tell us who we are, to give us clarity and definition and to guide us. In Isaiah chapter nine, 
These are words that are actually written many, many years before the advent, the arrival of, of Jesus. And um, these are words that, that kind of capture what this, what this might look like. It says this in, in Isaiah 9-2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Now, this is written many years before Jesus is going to arrive, and it's written prophetically of a people waiting, a people in a land of deep darkness, waiting for the light to come. This light that is a light for our hearts, that brings clarity to who we are. The light of the world is found in Jesus. This is Advent, the light arriving to us. So where, where do we where do we experience this? How is this true for us? Where are we seeing this light in our world? Jesus says that whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus says that the source of this light is himself and that we find this light by pursuing him, by following in his footsteps. We follow the ways that he lived, the, the words that he said. You know, scripture tells us that Jesus lived a perfect life. Man, if there's anyone to mentor us on how to live, anyone to tell us how to be human, it's, it's Jesus. Scripture tells us in, in Hebrews 4 that, that he was tempted in all the ways that I'm tempted, in all the ways that you're tempted, and yet he did not sin. He navigated this life perfectly. And who, who better to guide our lives? Who better to lead us and to mentor us? Who better to give us our identity than Jesus? We pursue the light of the world when we follow in the footsteps of Jesus, when we do the things that he did and when we obey his words. We follow in the footsteps of Jesus when we engage in conversations with God called prayer. When we engage with God in prayer, this is something that we read in scripture that, that Jesus did often. It said in the mornings that he would get alone by himself in times just to be in prayer with God. And we follow in his footsteps and seek light when we engage in these times of prayer. And we, we follow in the footsteps in Jesus when we engage in, in, in his community. When we share life with one another, when we encourage one another, we are pursuing that guiding light in our life. We see that Jesus spent much of his time with his people, with his followers. He spent time engaging in community. We pursue Jesus. We pursue this light source also when we engage his word. This, this book, From Cover to Cover, even the stories and, and, and the portions of it that are written before the advent of Jesus, all of it, it points to Jesus. We know that Jesus engaged scripture. We have uh, places where we can read that he quoted scripture, that, that, that this was something that he did, and that, that as we follow in his footsteps, that this becomes a place where his guiding light becomes completely relevant in our lives. It shows up day after day. This, this book, these words from God are alive and active and they show up and are relevant in our lives day after day. A real familiar passage that maybe you've heard before um, that, that kind of speaks at this is in Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord 
with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. This invitation for us to pursue light by trusting and submitting to Jesus, to his ways, to his words, and, and, and not looking to the darkness around us, not looking to, to the darkness for our identity, for our direction, for how to live, for guidance, but seeking the source of light, Jesus. As I, I sat with this this week and, and thinking about, man, how am I experiencing this? How am I experiencing Jesus as the light of my world in this season? And as we're approaching the end of the year, in fact, we only have a couple more weeks left of 2020, I've been reflecting a lot of just what this year has been and what it's been like to, to go through this year. A um, lot of challenges that are universal to all of us, um, things like a global pandemic and, and, and other things, but, but there's been some challenges that, that have been unique to myself and stage of life and, and, uh, and, and issues and problems and working through things. And, and as I reflected on this year, I reflected that, that I don't know if there's been a time in my life where I've been confronted with so many challenges that I just don't feel like I have answers for, where I've been confronted with, with need that, that, that I just don't feel I have in me, where I've been confronted, where, where I'm needing to give answers and to, to fix things and to have clarity. And I, I, just, I just don't feel up to task. I mean, I have felt that over and over again in this season. And the effect of that for my heart can be like being in that dark cave. I just have no sense of clarity. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to fix things. I don't know how to pursue and what to pursue. I don't know where to go. I, I, I'm just in this place. And if I stay in that place, I find things like fear, things like this feeling of being forgotten beginning to rise up within my heart. And it's in this moment where, where I'm needing to respond to this invitation that Jesus has to pursue his light, to follow in his footsteps, to be where the light is. We have this, this common experience, um, probably, I, I, I've had this happen to me um, more than once where I'm working on something in my house in a place that's not well lit, maybe uh, underneath the car or beneath uh, the kitchen sink, and, and, and I'll be working on something that requires both my hands, and yet I need a flashlight, and I don't have a third hand, so I have to recruit help. And um, it's happened that I'll recruit one of my, my roommates, who happened to be my wife or three kids, to come and to do the simple task of holding the flashlight for me at the place where I'm working. Seemingly a simple task, but, but more often than not, it doesn't work out the way that I want it to work out. More often than not, either due to boredom or due to the fact that if you hold a flashlight for more than 30 seconds, it becomes incredibly heavy, the light begins to move, it's not where I need it, or, or oftentimes it ends up being shining in my eyes, and, and it, it's just not helpful. It, it's not good for, for me to be looking at a place where there's no light, where the, the light's not shining. If, if I'm working in one room and you turn the light on in a different room, that's, that's not helpful to me. The same is true with my heart, with your heart, that we find light, we find clarity, we find guidance, 
We find those things for this moment when we pursue Jesus. And that's how he's met me faithfully in this season over and over. And then I, I love, would love if it were more like a high beam light LED just shining out for yards and yards where I could see. But, but oftentimes it's far more like a lamp for the moment. God meeting me with grace and wisdom for that moment as I lean in, as I trust him and pursuing him with prayer. This is how I've been experiencing his guiding light in this season, him meeting me over and over again with grace for this moment. He wants to guide our lives. He doesn't want darkness to tell us where to go or who we are. He is the light of the world, and he wants to be the light in my world, in my heart, and in your world, in your heart. And he wants to shine through us to the world around us. Matthew 5 says that, that you and I, if we are people seeking after Jesus, seeking after his light, that you and I, we are like a city on a hill. Because we're exposed to this light of Jesus, it shapes us, it transforms us, and, and he's inviting us to bring that light then to the world around us. On this, this third week of Advent, I am in awe and celebrating that light has come into the world has come into my heart and he's come into your heart. And he wants to guide us and lead us and not leave us to be people who are walking around and wandering in darkness. Here in a moment, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna sing some more. And then in a, in a few moments after that, we're gonna go into our house gatherings and we're gonna light the third Advent candle, which represents this light that has come to lead us and to guide us. Let me pray for us. Father, I... I I'm just in awe once again of this story that you provided your son for us, sending him as a baby, bringing light to darkness so that we are not these people wandering in darkness, experiencing a great darkness, but, but rather we are people who can seek you and we can seek your light. And that even if we're faced with challenges, even if we're faced with things that, that, that we don't know how to pursue, we don't know where to go, we feel as though we're in the dark we know that you are the light of the world. We seek you and we trust you and we love you today. Amen.